This is a Pele Media Podcast. Welcome back to Jurassic Park Minute. Jurassic Park Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1993 film Jurassic Park Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. This is a Pele Media Podcast. Welcome back to Jurassic Park Minute. Jurassic Park Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1993 film Jurassic Park Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And today, things might sound a little bit different than they usually do. How about that, Brady? You know, it, it doesn't, though, because I've been cooped up in the studio here all by my lonesome for yeah. however long. Now, last week, we uh, we had Ryan helped on, a paleontologist who did three episodes and uh, was just, you know, incredible, incredible guest to have on. But you weren't in town, so I was having to record via, you know, uh, online with him. And now it's the same. Yeah. I think so. you're, you're you're pretty much holding down Pele Media in the studio at the moment all I by know. your lonesome. And I think it's going to be like that way for the next couple of months. Uh, first of all, I want to thank Ryan for coming in and being a guest on three episodes. I, I'm terribly sorry that I wasn't able to be there with Ryan. I think you guys did a fantastic job, though. What, what, what a great guest. Let's Round of applause oh, for yeah. Ryan real quick. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, coming up this week, uh, you know, I don't want to spoil it too much, but uh, we have some more paleontologists who are going to be on, uh, some associates right. of Ryan, and uh, I think that show is going to be amazing. But just to let you guys know what's going on. Uh, I had a business opportunity that popped up at the last possible second, and I had to pretty much pack up and go and uh, head uh, up north and west, and right now I'm in Wyoming. So I'm going to be up there for a couple of months uh, working on some stuff, and uh, I promise that I'm going to improve the recording quality of uh, my setup that I have here. I'm working out of a very small little uh, studio at the moment. Just basically let you know I'm, I'm, I'm working in a shower right now. I have a, I have a Wi-Fi. <laughs> the Wi-Fi connection is best in the shower, so I pulled a chair in there. Um, but whatever hey, Brady, it happens. it happens. It happens. Sometimes you podcast out of a shower. This is what uh, you know, being your own little media company is. But uh, I think we're spunky and we have a lot of uh, you know character. I think that's what sets Pele Media apart. But part of doing that sometimes, being a little guy in a little operation, is you're podcasting out of a shower. But that said, uh, Brady, whatever it was that you had a couple weeks ago, I think I somehow got uh, coughing wise. Like yeah, and I'm getting over yeah. it. I'm over like the very last. I should probably be 100% by tomorrow. But uh, on my way up here, I was only talking through coughing and. Uh, uh, it's been it's been a pretty tough road to hoe, so uh, I, I've, I really feel for the condition that you were in uh, when yeah, we recorded right. last a week uh, a couple weeks ago. But you sound a lot better now. How are you feeling today? Oh, feeling much better. Back up on my feet, you know, ready to take on uh, this awesome minute and some more coming up. Plenty yeah. More. And- I'm glad you're feeling better. Uh, I think that we have some really cool stuff coming up this week, a lot of cool shows, and of course, like I said, we have uh, some special guests coming up on Thursday and Friday of this week uh, who are paleontologists, and those shows are going to be fantastic. So, uh, But yeah, but hey, look, uh, now that we've let everybody know what's going on (laughs) in the moment, you want to go ahead and get into this minute? Let's do it. All right. In the previous minute, we saw Dr. Grant and Lex narrowly escape being crushed by a falling tour vehicle. As the minute ended, the T-Rex pushed the tour vehicle over the side of the paddock and into the tree below. At 70 minutes and 3 seconds, we see the T-Rex victoriously roar in triumph over the tour vehicle. At 70 minutes and 7 seconds, we cut to Ray walking Hammond through the computer commands that Nidri entered in so that no one could follow his path to shutting Jurassic Park down. Ray points out one entry, which he refers to as a white rabbit object. 
Ray says that Nidri turned off any log of keystrokes and that the computer kept no record of what the white rabbit object was. Ray says that the only way to figure out what the white rabbit object was was to go through the computer's lines of code one by one. When Ellie asks how many lines of code there are, Ray responds, about two million. Ellie asks if two million is what she heard. Ray says, yeah. At 70 minutes and 31 seconds, Hammond turns to Muldoon and asks him if he would take a gas jeep and bring back his grandchildren. Muldoon responds with, sure, and walks away. As Muldoon leaves the command center, Ellie states that she's going with him and follows. At 70 minutes and 52 seconds, Hammond watches Muldoon and Ellie leave, and Ray attempts to get Hammond's attention. And thus ends minute 70 of Jurassic Park. So this is another one of those like setup minutes, and I actually really like this. It kind of ties in really well to the stuff that Nidri was doing before. You know, we have like the two little things going on at the same time. We've got the the Tyrannosaurus Rex attack that just finished over there, and at this, you know, while before that started, we had Dennis Nidri's kind of I think what we refer to as the spy portion of the movie, and then right. the Tyrannosaurus Rex action point ends, and we cut to this scene, which is great. It's uh, pretty much you know when this movie came out, a lot of people probably don't remember this or, or too young to remember this, but this was around the height of like the beginning of like hacker culture. So this is, you know, like post snow crash, uh, maybe like pre matrix type area where computers were still this kind of thing that were almost magical to a lot of people, you know, like not every family had a computer in their house or for that matter, walking around in their pocket, like we do these days. Uh, it was really kind of a very, um, rare thing that you knew someone who had a computer and then also you knew someone who was good working with computers so uh, to the degree yeah. that we can, can buy that Jenis Nidri had the ability to do all this stuff in the movie it's completely plausible it's completely plausible through that kind of like uh, screenwriting trick or the trick that um, Michael Crichton came up with in the book the white rabbit, ra- white rabbit object which I think the actual like program name is WHTE underscore RBT dot OBJ. So it's basically this kind of like yeah. magical computer file or a virus that is able to do all this stuff that he had set up. So uh, I really like the kind of, you know, Ray going over everything with everybody, the nonchalant way that he's smoking the cigarette and kind of like, all right, here's what we got here. Da, 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 da. Hmm, about two million. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I've got, yeah, I've got a note on that. And it is, a lot of the times uh, there would be an info dump right here where, um, Somebody would be giving all this tech jargon and then there would have to be like some sort of – so what you're saying is – but he's given all this stuff and it's just easy enough for us to follow because we'll hear little key bits like, you know, have to go through the computer's lines of codes one by one, right. two million. So there's enough for it to be flashing by you, for you to be confused and then just enough for you to understand. And yeah. uh, it, it never feels like a – Okay, so what you're saying is, is yeah, we're yeah. all gonna die or something. Exactly. I mean, he says things like just little words like keystrokes, you know, which is basically like Nidri went in and deprogrammed everything, but because he set up this thing, it didn't record the actual things that he was typing, you know, or the lines he was going through to do that. But yeah. you know, he's just just enough in there to to the layperson who wouldn't know a lot about computers and kind of figure out like he's covering his tracks, you know, he's covering his tracks so that they don't know what he's going to do. It, it's really weird at this right. moment. Right. Uh, so. In watching and preparing for the next couple of minutes today, we did kind of go through a lot of the uh, Dennis Nidri Velociraptor, I mean, excuse me, Dilophosaurus stuff. And in doing that, uh, there's a moment when Nidri gets the black goo in his face and he gets back in his tr- in the Jeep. And of course, we all know how that ends. But I was thinking for a minute, like, what does he think he's going to do after he gets away from the Dilophosaurus? I mean, his eyes have been poisoned with the stuff that's kind of blinded him. Does, is, at this point, yeah. he's wasted so much time, he can't get to the boat on time. Does he? If he were to able to escape the Dilophosaurus, do you think he'd actually try to go back to the command I- center? I don't think he's had he's that concerned. Yeah. I think right here he's just like I need to get out with my life. 
I need to get the hell out of here. I'll, I'll, I'm not even going to think that far ahead. Yeah. And, I'm just, uh, I would I love it if there was a scene where he shows back up and he's got like Dilophosaurus goo all over his face and he has to explain like why he left for the last like 30 minutes and all these problems were going on, you know? Yeah. But, um, so Brady, do you know anything about the Stuxnet virus? No. What is that? So it, the Stuxnet virus was a malicious computer worm and it was first identified in 2010 uh, and it targets computer industrial systems and was responsible for causing a substantial damage to Iran's nuclear program. So this computer virus was actually designed in coalition between American and Israeli uh, kind of like special elite spy units. And they took this virus into Iran's nuclear program. So, you know, there's a lot of controversy about this. But, uh, you know, there's been suspicion that Iran was uh, had hard water and was kind of like enriching uranium in order to create nuclear weapons. Well, somehow, some American-Israeli spy got in with a computer virus called the Stuxnet virus on like a USB drive or something like that, stuck it in their main computer system, and that virus was able to destroy their entire nuclear program. So it basically took it and set it back. Uh, a, a long, long time just by, by doing this. Um, it's no organization or state has actually admitted responsibility for it, but anonymous U.S. officials who spoke to the Washington Post claimed that the worm was developed using the Bush administration to sabotage Iran's nuclear program. Well, Stuxnet virus actually got out of that computer program and got into wow. some actual consumer-grade computers and stuff like that. There's a documentary that came out this last year. I don't know the name of it. I'll try to look it up and have it here at the end of the show. I haven't seen it yet, but I hear it's pretty fantastic. But the Stuxnet virus was sort of like uh, Dennis Nidri's White Rabbit object virus in this movie. You know, it goes in, it disrupts everything, and then it covers up the tracks completely so that nobody could tell what Nidri was doing. But, um, but besides the virus in this moment, how do you like the end of it where uh, Hammond just turns to Muldoon. He's like, would you be so kind as to take a gas Jeep and go get my grandchildren? Yeah. I mean, we're, you know, we've been following this little espionage thing. We've had to deal with all of Ray's fast talking through all of the tech jargon and all that. And suddenly we have this very simple statement made in in the most like sincere way that's just kind of it's it's giving us a little bit of a break and bringing us back around to the real issue and that's our heroes who are now in danger right. not nidri not his little plan it's our grandchildren yeah and so and then of course yeah i mean the question is put to this guy sort of can you go out in a land where there is giant massive animals bloodthirsty animals on the loose who now have a taste of human blood and can you go get him? And I love his response. <laughs> he's just, he's just he's very dry. He just goes, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. And, then, and then Ellie is just like, yeah, I'm going to go with him. And nobody responds. Like, she's just kind of like, nobody says, no, don't go. You know, he's got it. He's just, she's just kind of like, oh, yeah, I got it. So yes. I really – I wish there was a little bit more of the two of them together because they seem like a badass, gruff team that just doesn't take anything. Yeah, you know? they really do. And they have their, their little moments where they'll go out on a mission, try and save the day, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but this had me thinking, like – this any in other uh, yeah excuse me, in any other case this would be a man's movie where you got your male hero. Uh, take Jaws for example, it's just a man's movie. They go out, they save the day. In this movie you have it's more or less females running the show for better or for worse. You've got all female dinosaurs who are in control. They are the ones calling the shots. Yeah. And ruining the day. And then you also get Lex who's just always stepping up, trying to save her little brother with the. Uh, the, you know, trying to fake out the raptor when they're in the kitchen. She's the one who hops on the Unix system and is the 
sole reason that the doors are locked and the whole, you know, Grant, Ellie, Tim, and Lex are saved when they're in the control room later. Yeah. Well, you've also got on a number of occasions, Ellie just straight up like, I'm going with him. Or, you know, give me the radio. This is not a sexist survival situation. I'm going to be the one to go into the shed to find Ray. Yeah. So this is sort of like the mirror image of Jaws in the sense that it's women who are kind of at the uh, forefront of this story as totally, opposed to men. Totally, yeah. And, you know, they, they definitely say that, you know, they say the, that there's two great uh, feminist girl power films made and one was Jurassic Park and the other Spice World, right? I'm, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. That was a very bad joke. It was a girl power joke. But no, I completely agree with you that I, and that's something I never really thought about. I always thought, of, you know, the real heroes of this movie, I agree. Ellie is a, you know, a, a woman of action. But Lex also has her character arc where she has to, like, you know, summon up the courage at the end, save Tim from the raptors. And she's the, you know, the one that gets all the, the park system back online. It's very cool. It's very cool. Oh, the uh, Stuxnet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The Stuxnet virus movie I was talking about, by the way, is called Zero Days. It came out last year. I have not seen it yet, but it has a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's kind of about the current uh, state of cyber warfare and the new Cold War oh. to which we've ended. So, yeah, cool. Very, I'll have to check cool. it out. Yeah. Um, so let me, let me ask you this. You may yeah. or may not know the answer to this. Why white rabbit object? Why is it named something so peculiar? Well, I, it would probably have something to do with Alice in Wonderland. I'm thinking Alice followed the white rabbit down the hole, and I think they're, you know, Alice in Wonderland is a work of fiction – uh, that people are always dr- not drawing parallels to, but kind of making references to in movies. You know, uh, it seems mm-hmm. like Alice in Wonderland holds this kind of like mystique of this. Um, I, I, I don't know. There's there's something about it that's very strange, and there's a lot of allusions to it. You know, like the Red Queen or White Rabbit, and I think it's probably just another literary use of of that of you know that. Uh, I guess that imagery from white uh, from Alice in Wonderland, yeah. But uh, be, beyond well, that, I don't think it really has a whole lot of meaning. Does it mean anything in particular to you? No, no not at all. Okay. That's what yeah. I'm asking. Yeah, no, I, I think I, I want to go back to the beginning of the minute. The shot of the car falling into the tree—it's an awesome shot. I've never really thought about it. That's got to be a miniature, I'm assuming. I um, with, I was thinking oh oh yes okay so we have two shots we have the shot and this is in the previous minute where the car is actually pushed over the ledge by the Tyrannosaurus Rex and then when this I minute starts CG. yeah I think that's CG correct yeah the next one is the is the car going into it it would have to be. Uh, it would have to be. Would have to be. I, I, I didn't do any research into it, but I mean, I don't think you drop a Ford Explorer to an actual tree like that. Uh, yeah. It'd be way too much of a safety hazard. But yeah, I mean, you know, if you had like a, a one-third size model of something like that, and you dropped it into uh, some bushes and things like that, it probably right. Uh, yeah. You know, you have uh, made the point a few times in this podcast that the dinosaurs are used as sort of a punctuation to the sequences that they're in in this mm-hmm. movie, and this is clearly the T-Rex's moment. This yeah. Entire sequence. And boy, does he give it some punctuation at the end. It ends with him, just this close-up of him giving out this loud roar, and then we cut to the next scene. It's not just car falls in the tree, cut to Ray and the crew around the computer. There's this moment where he's right up in our face, just screaming right into the camera, and I think that's such a... That's the only way you could end this sequence. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's – otherwise, like you said, it would just be a lame transition to the other thing. It's a completely unnecessary shot where she's just like, you know, we get that iconic roar that she has. But it's – at one point in the movie, we know the Tyrannosaurus Rex was not actually included in the end of Jurassic Park. There was – I think the original ending was Hammond coming in with a shotgun and blowing away raptors, uh, and we wouldn't see the Tyrannosaurus again. But 
th- that would mean that this would have been like kind of the last shot in the movie that you really get a good look at the Tyrannosaurus. It comes out yeah. in a little bit and it eats one of the Gallimimuses and you know a, a, a little bit, but uh, that would have been the end of that sequence. So I guess they were kind of like, well, here's one last you know way to send the Tyrannosaurus Rex off by having her look directly into the camera and scream. But it is it is kind of like a little wink and a nod, but it's also like you said, the punctuation on this super intense action sequence, having her just kind of like sit there and like that. Uh, that's yeah. that's with my strained voice. It's as good of a Tyrannosaurus Rex yell as I can get. So. <laughs> well, so, that's all I've got for this minute. What about that's you? all I have for this minute as well. I, I again, I like the way it's it's. This is kind of the last moment really we get of the uh, industrial espionage aspect of Jurassic Park. There's not really a whole lot of computer mentioning until the very end when Lex gets on the computers. But people, it's. The dinosaurs are one thing. The science is one thing that was going on around this time that are kind of cool about Jurassic Park. But we have to remind or you know, remind our listening audience again that this book was also a lot about computer hacking and the computer technology mm-hmm. of the day. And this, well, this is kind of the end of that whole suggestion in the movie or, or that story point in the movie about computers. So, yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool minute. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. All right, folks. Well, thank you again so much for joining us. Uh, We got some great shows lined up, some great guests coming down the line, uh, including one which I secured the other night and told you about, Brady. Big, high-level guest uh, who we'll have later on in the show's time. But as far as scientific knowledge, of course, we had Ryan on last week, and we're going to follow that up this week by having three paleontologists on. We're going to be joined on Thursday and Friday by Kai, Yens, and Haviv. Uh, from North Carolina. They are going to be calling in from their actual lab and talking to us about dinosaurs and correcting us on all the asinine things we say about dinosaurs here on the show. But I'm really looking forward to it because, uh, you know, we really kind of, with the show, we wanted to lean into the educational side of it too. And I know those guys are really smart and they'll definitely have something to say. So, all right, Brady, you ready to get out of here? Let's do it. All right, folks, thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, hold on to your butts. Jurassic Park Minute is a fan-supported podcast. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at JurassicParkMinute at gmail.com and visit us online at JurassicParkMinute.com, Facebook.com slash JurassicParkMinute, and Twitter.com slash JurassicMinute. You've been listening to a Pele Media Podcast. For premium content and exclusive podcasts, visit us at Patreon.com slash Media. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Media, and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Media. Mahalo! I'm Brady. And today, things might sound a little bit different than they usually do. How about that, Brady? You know, it, it doesn't, though, because I've been cooped up in the studio here all by my lonesome for... Yeah. However long now, last week we, uh, we had Ryan helped on, a paleontologist who did three episodes and uh, was just you know incredible, incredible guest to have on. Round of applause oh, for yeah. Ryan real quick. And of course, coming up this week, uh, you know, I don't want to spoil it too much, but uh, we have some more paleontologists who are going to be on. Yeah, but hey, look, uh, now that we've let everybody know what's going on <laughs> in the moment, you want to go ahead and get into this minute? Let's do it. All right. In the previous minute, we saw Dr. Grant and Lex narrowly escape being crushed by a falling tour vehicle. As the minute ended, the T-Rex pushed the tour vehicle over the side of the paddock and into the tree below. At 70 minutes and 3 seconds, we see the T-Rex victoriously roar in triumph over the tour vehicle. At 70 minutes and 7 seconds, we cut to Ray walking Hammond through the computer commands that Nidri entered in so that no one could follow his path to shutting Jurassic Park down. Ray points out one entry, which he refers to as a white rabbit object. Ray says that Nidri turned off any log of keystrokes, and that the computer kept no record of what the white rabbit object was. 
Ray says that the only way to figure out what the white rabbit object was was to go through the computer's lines of code one by one. When Ellie asks how many lines of code there are, Ray responds, about two million. Ellie asks if two million is what she heard. Ray says, yeah. At 70 minutes and 31 seconds, Hammond turns to Muldoon and asks him if he would take a gas jeep and bring back his grandchildren. Muldoon responds with sure and walks away. As Muldoon leaves the command center, Ellie states that she's going with him and follows. At 70 minutes and 52 seconds, Hammond watches Muldoon and Ellie leave, and Ray attempts to get Hammond's attention. And thus ends minute 70 of Jurassic Park. So this is another one of those like setup minutes, and I actually really like this. It kind of ties in really well to the stuff that Nidri was doing before. You know, we have like the two little things going on at the same time. We've got the the Tyrannosaurus Rex attack that just finished over there, and at this, you know, while before that started, we had Dennis Nidri's kind of I think what we refer to as the spy portion of the movie, and then right. the Tyrannosaurus Rex action point ends, and we cut to this scene, which is great. It's uh, pretty much you know when this movie came out, a lot of people probably don't remember this or, or too young to remember this, but this was around the height of like the beginning of like hacker culture. So this is, you know, like post snow crash, uh, maybe like pre matrix type area where computers were still this kind of thing that were almost magical to a lot of people, you know, like not every family had a computer in their house or for that matter, walking around in their pocket, like we do these days. Uh, it was really kind of a very, um, rare thing that you knew someone who had a computer and then also you knew someone who was good working with computers so uh, to the degree yeah. that we can, can buy that Genesis Nidri had the ability to do all this stuff in the movie it's completely plausible it's completely plausible through that kind of like uh, screenwriting trick or the trick that um, Michael Crichton came up with in the book the white rabbit, white rabbit object which I think the actual like program name is WHTE underscore RBT dot OBJ. So it's basically this kind of like yeah. magical computer file or a virus that is able to do all this stuff that he had set up. So uh, I really like the kind of, you know, Ray going over everything with everybody, the nonchalant way that he's smoking the cigarette and kind of like, all right, here's what we got here. Da -da 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 -da. Hmm, not too many. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I've got, yeah, I've got a note on that. And it is, a lot of the times uh, there would be an info dump right here where, um, Somebody would be giving all this tech jargon and then there would have to be like some sort of – so what you're saying is – but he's given all this stuff and it's just easy enough for us to follow because we'll hear little key bits like, you know, have to go through the computer's lines of codes one by one, right. two million. So there's enough for it to be flashing by you, for you to be confused and then just enough for you to understand. And yeah. uh, it, it never feels like a – Okay, so what you're saying is, is yeah, we're yeah. all gonna die or something. Exactly. I mean, he says things like just little words like keystrokes, you know, which is basically like Nidri went in and deprogrammed everything, but because he set up this thing, it didn't record the actual things that he was typing, you know, or the lines he was going through to do that. But yeah. you know, he's just just enough in there to to the layperson who wouldn't know a lot about computers and kind of figure out like he's covering his tracks, you know, he's covering his tracks so that they don't know what he's going to do. It, it's really weird at this right. moment. Right. Uh, so. In watching and preparing for the next couple of minutes today, we did kind of go through a lot of the uh, Dennis Nidri Velociraptor, I mean, excuse me, Dilophosaurus stuff. And in doing that, uh, there's a moment when Nidri gets the black goo in his face and he gets back in his in the Jeep. And of course, we all know how that ends. But I was thinking for a minute, like, what does he think he's going to do after he gets away from the Dilophosaurus? I mean, his eyes have been poisoned with the stuff that's kind of blinded him. Does, is, at this point, yeah. he's wasted so much time, he can't get to the boat on time. Does he? If he were to able to escape the Dilophosaurus, do you think he'd actually try to go back to the command I center? I don't think he's had he's that concerned. Yeah. I think right here he's just like I need to get out with my life. I need to get the hell out of here. I'll I'll I'm not even gonna think that far ahead. Yeah, 
And, I'm just. Uh, I would I love it if there was a scene where he shows back up and he's got like Dilophosaurus goo all over his face, and he has to explain like why he left for the last like 30 minutes and all these problems were going on. You know. Yeah. But, um, so Brady, do you know anything about the Stuxnet virus? No. What is that? So. It, the Stuxnet virus was a malicious computer worm, and it was first identified in 2010, uh, and it targets computer industrial systems and was responsible for causing a substantial damage to Iran's nuclear program. So this computer virus was actually designed in coalition between American and Israeli uh, kind of like special elite spy units. And they took this virus into Iran's nuclear program. So, you know, there's a lot of controversy about this, but, uh, you know, there's been suspicion that Iran was uh, had hard water and was kind of like enriching uranium in order to create nuclear weapons. Well, somehow, some American-Israeli spy got in with a computer virus called the Stuxnet virus on like a USB drive or something like that, stuck it in their main computer system, and that virus was able to destroy their entire nuclear program. So it basically took it and set it back uh, a, a long, long time just by, by doing this. Um, it's no organization or state has actually admitted responsibility for it, but anonymous U.S. officials who spoke to the Washington Post claimed that the worm was developed using the Bush administration to sabotage Iran's nuclear program. Well, Stuxnet virus actually got out of that computer program and got into wow. some actual consumer-grade computers and stuff like that. There's a documentary that came out this last year. I don't know the name of it. I'll try to look it up and have it here at the end of the show. I haven't seen it yet, but I hear it's pretty fantastic. But the Stuxnet virus was sort of like uh, Dennis Nindry's White Rabbit object virus in this movie. You know, it goes in, it disrupts everything, and then it covers up the tracks completely so that nobody could tell what Nindry was doing. But, um, but besides the virus in this moment, how do you like the end of it where uh, Hammond just turns to Muldoon. He's like, would you be so kind as to take a gas Jeep and go get my grandchildren? Yeah. I mean, we're, you know, we've been following this little espionage thing. We've had to deal with all of Ray's fast talking through all of the tech jargon and all that. And suddenly we have this very simple statement made in in the most like sincere way that's just kind of it's it's giving us a little bit of a break and bringing us back around to the real issue and that's our heroes who are now in danger right. not nidri not his little plan it's our grandchildren yeah and so and then of course yeah i mean the question is put to this guy sort of can you go out in a land where there is giant massive animals bloodthirsty animals on the loose who now have a taste of human blood and can you go get him? And I love his response. <laughs> he's just, he's just he's just very dry. He just goes, yeah, sure, <laughs> sure, yeah, I'll do no. it. And then, and then well, Ellie is just like, yeah, I'm gonna go with him. And nobody responds. Like she's just kind of like nobody says no, don't go. You know, he's got it. He's just, she's just kind of like, oh, yeah, I got it. So I really, I wish there was a little bit more of the two of them together because they seem like a badass, gruff team that just doesn't take anything. Yeah, you know? they really do. And they have their their little moments where they'll go out on a mission, try and save the day, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this had me thinking, like. This any in other uh, yeah excuse me, in any other case this would be a man's movie where you got your male hero. Uh, take Jaws for example, it's just a man's movie. They go out, they save the day. In this movie, you have it's more or less females running the show for better or for worse. You've got all female dinosaurs who are in control. They are the ones calling the shots. Yeah, and ruining the day. And then you also get Lex, who's just always stepping up, trying to save her little brother with the. Uh, the, you know, trying to fake out the raptor when they're in the kitchen. She's the one who hops on the Unix system and is the sole reason that the doors are locked and the whole, you know, 
Grant, Ellie, Tim, and Lex are saved when they're in the control room later. Yeah. Well, you've also got on a number of occasions, Ellie just straight up like, I'm going with him. Or, you know, give me the radio. This is not a sexist survival situation. I'm going to be the one to go into the shed to find Ray. Yeah. So this is sort of like the mirror image of Jaws in the sense that it's women who are kind of at the uh, forefront of this story as opposed to men. Totally, yeah. And, you know, they they definitely say that. You know, they say that there's two great – uh, feminist girl power films made, and one was Jurassic Park, and the other Spice World, right? I'm, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. That was a very bad joke. Okay. Just, it was, it was, it was, it was like, a uh... girl power joke. But no, I completely agree with you that, I, and that's something I never really thought about. I always thought, you know, the real heroes of this movie. I agree. Ellie is a, you know, a, a woman of action. But Lex also has her character arc where she has to like, you know, summon up the courage at the end, save Tim from the Raptors, and she's the, you know, the one that gets all the the park system back online. It's very cool. It's very cool. Oh, the uh, Stuxnet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The Stuxnet virus movie I was talking about, by the way, is called Zero Days. I have not seen it yet, but it has a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's kind of about the current uh, state of cyber warfare and the new Cold War, wow. which we've ended. So, yeah, cool. Very, I'll have to check cool. it out. Yeah. Um, so let me let me ask you this. You may yeah. or may not know the answer to this. Why white rabbit object? Why is it named something so peculiar? Well, I, it would probably have something to do with Alice in Wonderland. I'm thinking Alice followed the white rabbit down the hole, and I think they're, you know, Alice in Wonderland is a work of fiction. Uh, that people are always dr- not drawing parallels to, but kind of making references to in movies. You know, uh, it seems mm-hmm. like Alice in Wonderland holds this kind of like mystique of this. Um, I, I, I don't know. There's there's something about it that's very strange, and there's a lot of allusions to it. You know, like the Red Queen or White Rabbit, and I think it's probably just another literary use of of that of you know that uh, I guess that imagery from White from Alice in Wonderland. You. Yeah, but uh, beyond well, that, I don't okay. think it really has a whole lot of meaning. Does it mean anything in particular to you? No, no, not at all. Okay. That's what yeah. I'm asking. Yeah, no, I, I think I, I want to go back to the beginning of the minute. The shot of the car falling into the tree, it's an awesome shot. I've never really thought about it. That's got to be a miniature, I'm assuming. I um, with, I was thinking oh oh yes okay so we have two shots we have the shot and this is in the previous minute where the car is actually pushed over the ledge by the Tyrannosaurus Rex and then when this I minute starts CG. yeah I think that's CG correct yeah and the next one is the is the car going into it it would have to be uh, it would have to be. Would have to be. I, I I didn't do any research into it, but I mean, I don't think you drop a Ford Explorer to an actual tree like that. Uh, yeah. It'd be way too much of a safety hazard. But yeah, I mean, you know, if you had like a, a one third size model of something like that, and you dropped it into uh, some bushes and things like that, it probably right. Uh, yeah. You know, you have uh, made the point a few times in this podcast that the dinosaurs are used as sort of a punctuation to the sequences that they're in in this mm-hmm. movie, and this is clearly the T Rex's moment. This yeah. Entire sequence. And boy, does he give it some punctuation at the end. It ends with him, just this close-up of him giving out this loud roar, and then we cut to the next scene. It's not just car falls in the tree, cut to Ray and the crew around the computer. There's this moment where he's right up in our face, just screaming right into the camera, and I think that's such a... That's the only way you could end this sequence. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's – otherwise, like you said, it would just be a lame transition to the other thing. It's a completely unnecessary shot where she's just like, you know, we get that iconic roar that she has. But it's – at one point in the movie, we know the Tyrannosaurus Rex was not actually included in the end of Jurassic Park. There was, I think the original ending was Hammond coming in with a shotgun and blowing away raptors, uh, and we wouldn't see the Tyrannosaurus again. But – that would mean that this would have been like kind of the last shot in the movie that you really get a good look at the Tyrannosaurus. It comes out yeah. a little bit and it eats one of the Gallimimuses and you know a, a little bit, but uh, that would have been the end of that sequence. So I guess they were kind of like, well, here's one last you know way to send the Tyrannosaurus Rex off by having her look directly into the camera and scream. But it is it is kind of like a little wink and a nod, but it's also 
like you said, the punctuation on this super intense action sequence, having her just kind of like sit there and like that. Uh, that's yeah. that's with my strained voice. It's as good of a Tyrannosaurus Rex yell as I can get. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's so, all I've got for this minute. What about that's you? That's all I have for this minute as well. I, I Again, I like the way it's – it's. this is kind of the last moment really we get of the uh, industrial espionage aspect of Jurassic Park. There's not really a whole lot of computer mentioning until the very end when Lex gets on the computers. But people – it's – the dinosaurs are one thing. The science is one thing that was going on around this time that are kind of cool about Jurassic Park. But we have to remind or you know, remind our listening audience again that this book was also a lot about computer hacking and the computer technology mm-hmm. of the day. And this, well, this is kind of the end of that whole suggestion in the movie or, or that story point in the movie about computers. So, yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool minute. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. All right, folks. Well, thank you again so much for joining us. Uh, We got some great shows lined up, some great guests coming down the line, uh, including one which I secured the other night and told you about, Brady. Big, high-level guest uh, who we'll have later on in the show's time. But as far as scientific knowledge, of course, we had Ryan on last week, and we're going to follow that up this week by having three paleontologists on. We're going to be joined on Thursday and Friday by Kai, Yens, and Haviv. Uh, from North Carolina. They are going to be calling in from their actual lab and talking to us about dinosaurs and correcting us on all the asinine things we say about dinosaurs here on the show. But I'm really looking forward to it because, uh, you know, we really kind of, with the show, we wanted to lean into the educational side of it too. And I know those guys are really smart and they'll definitely have something to say. So, all right, Brady, you ready to get out of here? Let's do it. All right, folks, thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, hold on to your butts. Jurassic Park Minute is a fan-supported podcast. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at JurassicParkMinute at gmail.com and visit us online at JurassicParkMinute.com, Facebook.com slash JurassicParkMinute, and Twitter.com slash JurassicMinute. You've been listening to a Pele Media Podcast. For premium content and exclusive podcasts, visit us at Patreon.com slash Media. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Mahalo!